The effects of long-term isolation during the COVID-19 pandemic have been devastating for some youth, potentially making them more vulnerable to mental health issues and substance misuse. My name is Kimberly Hawes. Join me as we dig deeper into this issue and more on our first podcast in this Wellness Connection series produced by the Community Alliance for Teen Safety in Derry. On February 18th, Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire said he would order that all kindergarten to 12th grade students must have some form of in-person learning at least two days a week. Um, I think probably tomorrow I will sign an executive order that um, really uh, says that all schools have to come in back into at least a hybrid model of learning at least a couple days a week starting on March 8th. All K-12 schools must provide the option of in-person learning at least two days a week uh, starting on March 8th. That is going to give schools at least uh, at least a couple weeks, if not a little more, uh, to really make sure that they are fully operational with an in-school model. Uh, hopefully, and I believe most schools that are even fully remote have been gearing up and preparing for this. I think they know that that um, that at some point in the spring that everyone had to open up uh, and provide uh, this model. It, it isn't just so the kids come back and have a more fuller, robust learning model. It really is for the behavioral and mental health, the isolation issues that so many of our students um, have been bearing with. Uh, we see that number of kids in our emergency rooms uh, waiting for a bed um, to get uh, evaluated and, and work through the community mental health system or, or other opportunities that they can have uh, to deal with a lot of these issues. But there's no doubt that the issues have been vastly exacerbated by COVID. Uh, and there's no doubt that allowing these kids, everyone, everyone across the state to be in an in-person model is going to have beneficial effects uh, for these children. The governor's words struck me as I was beginning to prepare to interview people for this podcast series. I thought about the sacrifices youth have had to make over the course of the past year. Missing graduations, proms, birthday parties, even random get-togethers with peers. So I sat down with Braden Meinhart. He will be 13 years old by the time you hear this. Braden just moved from Gosstown to Pembroke and is a typical teen boy who loves fishing, bike riding, and remote-controlled cars. He was living in Gosstown when this was recorded. So uh, tell me, bud, what have been some of the uh, major bummers when it comes to to COVID-19? Like mm. when you think about like what you used to be able to do compared to now, what do you think about? Me and my friends used to be able to go anywhere we want. And then COVID hit and we're not allowed to go like far away. What do you mean by far away? And or we have to wear masks. What, what, why don't you like, well, first of all, what do you mean by you're not allowed to go far away? Like, we're not allowed to go into Penardville and Manchester. Normally we'd go into Penardville and Manchester. Yeah, why aren't you allowed to go to Penardville and Manchester? Because it's too far away. And she thinks that something's going to happen to us, even though we have like 30 kids with us. Oh, your mom does? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe she's a little extra protective of you right now. And then what do you mean when you you say that you had to wear masks? What what, what don't you like about the mask, Brayden? That we have to carry one around always because most stores doesn't have them. Yeah, but does it bother you to wear them? Not really. 
No. Don't like it. Braden's parents decided he would learn remotely for the 2020 to 2021 school year. So Sununu's mandate did not affect him. But for other students, the announcement assured them that in-person learning would not be put off any longer. And they were ready to return to the classroom. Dover High School was one of the last in the state to reopen for in-person learning for all students. Spencer Mitchell, 14, of Barrington, had not been in a school building for almost a year when he started freshman orientation on March 2nd. Spencer spoke with me from his home, which he shares with his mom, 10-year-old brother, three dogs, and a pet pig named Diggy. Diggy has his own Instagram account, by the way. This is what he had to say about his first day inside Dover High School as an incoming freshman. It was good. I uh, So when I first got in, they gave you like a tour of the school and everything because it's a pretty big school. So they gave me a good tour of it and then it showed me where my classes are. And then um, you had to be like six feet apart from everybody. And then you had to wear a mask, which is kind of annoying, but it is what it is. And then... Uh, when you got in the classes, like the movement was very limited. So you like, you could really just get up to go to the bathroom. You couldn't eat food in the classes because that would require you to take your mask off. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So you stopped in-person schooling in Barrington in March as an eighth grader, right? Yeah. And then did you go to school at all last fall semester? No, I haven't gone back to school since this week. This this week is the first time I've been in person. And so you mentioned some of the restrictions that are in place. Now, it's a big school, like you said, and there's a lot of restrictions. Are you nervous about going back with, you know, 750 kids in your cohort at a time? Or do you think it'll be just fine? I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I think I'll be fine. I don't really mind going back with that many people. Whatever. I'm happy to get back to like normal life. Right. Tell us about what it's been like doing no in-person learning for a year. It was annoying because I have a hard time focusing online. So it was nice to get back into the class and like be in front of the teacher and have them explain stuff to me like person to person and not have to just sit there on the computer with all the distractions. Now, when you say there's a lot of distractions on the computer, what are some of those distractions? It's like everything in my house, like the animals, the dogs and all that. And then just having like my phone right there and everything like that. What are you, you and your friends talking about when you talk about getting back to normal? I think everybody has a different perspective of what that will look like. Um, what are you most looking forward to as things start to open up with the vaccinations? I'm looking forward to just like hanging out with my friends again and like going to Stonehouse Pond and all that, swimming and stuff. Not like having to worry about COVID and all that. Just like being back. Like not I'm happy I'm, that we're not I'm sure soon enough we're not gonna have to wear a mask or anything. Like hopefully by next year we won't have to wear a mask or anything like that. Cause I just hate them. Especially for the summer, it's going to be bad. 
because it's so hot out, the masks are just going to be super hot on our faces. Sununu's emergency order requiring masks for people over the age of five went into effect on November 20th. So Spencer did not have to wear a mask last summer unless he wanted to or was required to by a place of business. Spencer are both well-rounded teens who simply miss quote-unquote normalcy and I'm super grateful they are handling the emotional part of the pandemic well. But according to the president of the New Hampshire Psychiatric Society, in February the number of children awaiting hospitalization topped 50. So what about the teens who could fall through the cracks? Who can they turn to? Since 1966, Big Brothers Big Sisters of New Hampshire has been a solution for youth who need a mentor in their lives. The organization's work is even more important than ever right now. Meet Big Sister Jody and her little Tiana. Jody is from Brookline and is 30 years old. I spoke with them via Zoom on February 24th. For my Full-time job. I'm an air traffic controller at Logan Airport. Um, I have an amazing husband and a 16-month-old little boy. Um, I'm a pilot, um, just recreationally, I fly for fun. Um, and I've been flying since I was about 14 years old. And my most recent hobby is hiking the White Mountains. <laughs> been doing a lot of that lately. Um, I decided to become a big sister um, back in 2008 when I was a freshman in college. Um, a couple of the girls across the dorm from me uh, had these two little girls that they brought back to the dorm with them. And um, it was just amazing to see the connection that they had. And um, I just wanted to be a part of that. So um, I decided to join the program and I had a little sister in North Dakota when I was in school out there. Um, and I was out there for three years and I came home. She is still involved in my life. Tiana's actually met her when she came out here. We all went bowling together. Um, and then when I came back home from college, I took a year or so off the program. Um, obviously I was still connected with Brooke. Um, but then I decided, you know, I just really enjoyed the experience that I had before. And I really wanted to, you know, you know, do something, get back to my community and really help another, um, you know, young, young lady. And soon I got matched with, the. Uh, Tiana and it has been more than I ever expected. Tiana, tell us about the first time you met Jody. The first time I met Jody, I was a little bit nervous, but then we got to know each other and it's been a great experience um, with her being my big sister. I don't even reference her now as um, someone from the program. I actually reference her as someone personally from my family. So I loved that I was matched with Jody. All right. How old were you when you first met Jody, and and what were some of the first activities that you did together? We went to the aquarium. We went to like this obstacle course thing, and we went to a lot of places. We went bowling, and we went out to eat the mall. We do a lot of activities. Yeah. And so 
tell us about this year because it's been a, a lot different as far as the activities that big brothers and big sisters are able to do with the bigs and the littles. Jody, how have you worked around that and structured um, that same kind of bonding with Tiana as you had in the past? Yeah, so it's been it's been really difficult. Um, just as COVID started was just when I was, um, you know, six months postpartum, ready to go back to work and kind of get my life back together. And uh, we had kind of, you know, Tiana obviously was still involved in my life while I, you know, recently had a baby, but we hadn't seen each other as much in person because I was, you know, a little bit overwhelmed with being a new mom. Um, so it really, really was difficult right when, you know, it was, we were going to start hanging out again, COVID hit. And my husband and I have really kind of taken this seriously and tried to, you know, keep our bubble very small to immediate family. And, um, you know, we had a big discussion about it when everything happened, you know, like, was it, you know, could I see Tiana, you know, how, how would I continue that because of how important she was to me and how much, you know, you know, I needed her in my life just as much as she needed me, you know? So we, we did some FaceTiming, um, in the summer when it was nice out, we were able to get together and go for a walk. Um, you know, I could bring my son along and be outdoors. Um, and then as it started to get cold again, it was just, just gets difficult being indoors. And, um, you know, we've, we, we do FaceTiming. I text and check in on her. You know, she's been good about reaching out if she has any questions with homework or schoolwork. Um, it's really been hard, but it's been mostly over, you know, FaceTime, text or Zoom. I've seen her a couple of times in person. You know, I went over to bring a Christmas gift and see her and her mom. And, you know, it's, you're behind a mask and, you know, it's just short periods of time, but I think we've done very good job of keeping each other in the loop and and she loves to FaceTime with my little guy. <laughs> Tiana, tell me a little bit about that. How has FaceTime and other forms of technology helped you to keep that strong relationship with Jody during this trying time? It's been good. I love FaceTiming her because I get to see like what she's doing and how's her son. And I just like interacting with both of them because now I have two important people in my life that I can check in on and talk to whenever I want. So technology has been really helping like keep us in contact and stuff. And Tiana, tell me about school because you're in Nashua and it's been more difficult to get back to in-person learning there. Are you, um, what are you doing at Nashua High School? I presume that's where you're going to school. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, I'm going to Nashua High School North. Okay. So I'm doing remote learning still. Um, we went back to hybrid, but I chose to say remote because it just works better for me and I get like no distractions. So I just been staying home and doing remote learning. How has that affected you? I mean, do you feel 
isolated because you're doing everything remotely and and interacting with even very important people in your life like Jody remotely or have you felt um, confident in your decision and able to adapt because of all this new technology that we have available like the Zoom conference call we're on today that most people weren't using even a year ago? I feel confident about my decision. I made a good decision to stay at home because school has a lot of distractions. So if I'm just at my house in my own bubble and on my own space, then I can pass with all A's like I've been doing for like the whole year. And it's easy for me to FaceTime Jody. And I mean, I would love to see her, but I understand with her new baby, you know, I want to keep him safe too. So eventually we can go see each other some more. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have the health and well-being of a person that you care very much about um, first. You're putting that first as opposed to your your own needs. How has it been interacting with friends or even extended family members? Have you been able to do any of that, Tiana, during this time period? So I've been only going to my family's house, not no friend's house. I FaceTime my friends, but I only been going to my family's house, like my grandparents and my aunt's house. And that's it. Well, that's nice that you're still able to see your grandparents because they're part of your bubble, right? Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of people are missing their grandparents right now. So... What would you give to people as far as advice or recommendations, Jody? right now, if they're interested in becoming a big sister or big brother, it sounds like there are there are challenges, but there's still a lot of impactful work that's being going on. What would you say to your peer group that might be interested in the program? I've actually had a couple of friends reach out to me and ask because they they know about it. And I tell them to go right away and sign up. I tell them, you know, they're always worried about the time commitment with it. And you know what? It doesn't feel like a time commitment. You know, the first, you know, maybe year or so it's, you know, there is a commitment to meet so many hours a week and this and that. And that is just to build the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, like at the beginning, you're scheduling it because you don't really know the the little yet and um you're still building that relationship but very soon does it become just another you know part person that's part of your family you know she's like she really is my little sister so it doesn't it doesn't feel like a you know something that I have to schedule every week you know it's it just becomes part of your life and and uh it it becomes what you make of it too so I I encourage it it is I personally think it's almost more rewarding for the big than it is for the little sometimes. So I can definitely see that. Tiana, what's your answer to the same question? If people are interested in getting involved and big brothers, big sisters, they want to be a a little, what do you recommend? 
I would tell them to go and sign up for a big brother or big sister because it is really a good experience and you could experience new things and go out and do different things. And then you can just have like another person that is really important in your life to talk to and that like means a lot to you because when you just start getting to know them, there might be some challenges on trying to connect with them and stuff, but in the end, it's all worth it. So I would totally totally recommend anyone to go get one. And how about just general advice for your peer group right now, Tiana? You're you're doing well in school. You're 16 years old. I'm sure that you can offer some good advice, especially for the, the preteens and the younger teens out there that, that may be struggling right now with, with isolation or anxiety, uh, maybe even depression because of all that's gone on in this past year here in America. I would just recommend them to go out and do something, even if it's like just going out to your grandparents' house or your family's house, just go out, go spend time with family. If you miss talking to people, you can always FaceTime and just really take time for like yourself to better yourself as a person or to fix that the problems that you have to just lean on family for like advice and all that. I think that's some pretty sound advice. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add today to the conversation? Well, I wanted to butt in earlier, but I have to say how proud I am of Tiana getting straight A's in school. (laughs) A huge accomplishment for her. And she is thriving with the online learning, which a lot of kids are struggling with. So she deserves a lot of credit for that. And she knows it, but I'm over the moon proud of her right now. On March 3rd, I was able to sit down with Stacy Kramer, CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters. She has been with the organization almost 10 years and has a passion for working with kids. She said COVID has shed more light on the impact mentors have for youth. Tell us about the value and the benefits of A, being a mentor and, and B, having someone mentor you. Yeah, I, 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 it's a great question because um, obviously I've given a lot of thought over the years and I've worked in nonprofits my uh, adult, my whole entire career um, and really have worked in many different, you know, um, in def- different capacities. I've done residential work. I've done treatment. Um, I have went back to school um, to get my master's in social work and so have dabbled in some um, therapy. And I find that what we do at Big Brothers Big Sisters is so critical in having mentorship. I know uh, I probably could have used a big sister myself when I was a kid growing up. And I I know everyone can use more someone in their corner. That's what we always say, right? Is that every kid deserves somebody in their corner. And I know as a kid, I was able to find and maneuver and find people that could mentor me. And I, I know when I'm always talking with um, the community or in front of donors or other people that might be interested in volunteering, I always say, think about the mentors you had. You know, how did you get to where you are today? Who is the first person that you called 
to say you aced an exam that you didn't think you would, or you got in your first fender bender. Um, you know, for some kids, they don't have that person in their life. Um, and some people and, and some kids need an, an additional person, you know, their parents uh, might be struggling with something, um, you know, they, 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 they might need some additional support. I think we all need support, especially during this time of COVID. Um, you know, we find more kids are isolated. Um, they're, you know, they might be doing a hybrid routine. They're not able to see their friends. So we, um, you know, the, the urgency is there. It always has been. And I think COVID has even shed more of a light on the impact that mentoring can have. And that when everything was closing, we were still open. We were, we were still making matches. We were still out there. Um, you know, our, our big brothers and our big sisters were the eyes and ears um, in the community as to what was going on. How could we help? Um, what other referrals did families need more so than what we can give them here at Big Brothers Big Sisters? So we kind of look at ourselves as not only a mentoring organization, and but also a support network. Now, have you noticed um, demand grow from certain demographics, whether it be the LGBTQ community or children that are military in military families or mm-hmm. minority groups? Or I mean, have you seen any changes in your in your demographics and 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 their demands? And and how are you making sure that uh, they are being served as well? Yeah, that, that's a great question. We we just have such a diverse group um, that we serve because we we have the whole spectrum, right? We serve military families. Uh, we just launched in the last uh, year and a half to really focus in and hone our efforts um, on the LGBTQ community, um, and because that that need is great as well. And I think it's just across the spectrum. I mean, we've seen it in every de- demographic. If if I can be honest and say we've seen it across the board, you know. We have we certainly have minority groups and marginalized communities that have already, um, you know, needed the support. Um, And then we just the whole spectrum. uh, It's just kind of lit a bulb um, in that we have a lot of kids uh, that need our services. And, you know, part of what's great about this is talking about that we still are enrolling, that there is that um, piece that we're working on in terms of technology and that when it's safe to meet in person that you can. And I think that's so important for your listeners to know is that we're, we're enrolling because the, the need is greater in all areas and all demographics. And so uh, for volunteers to, to work with us. And um, one of our big things that's regardless of COVID is male mentors. We're always in need of male mentors. And um, that is always our largest gap. Boys tend to wait longer. Uh, boys also make up about 60, anywhere from 60 to on the highest and 80% of our wait list. Um, and so the need for male mentors is always great because boys come into the program um, and they're really the parent um, is typically looking for that male role model, that male mentor. So that's something that I always urge and talk about. Why do you think there is a disparity with that? Do you think it's a lack of awareness or a lack of gentlemen that are looking to come forward to take on on that position in a child's Mm -hmm. life? Yeah, that's quite a loaded question for sure. (laughs) And a loaded answer uh, because, I mean, you know, it, it tends to be across the the United States, you know, we have um, 
we're, we're obviously part of Big Brothers Big Sisters of America, um, although we operate in, in fundraise and operate within our own state. Um, but, you know, that seems to be across the board that that is an ongoing issue with affiliates um, that we find. So we share best practices. I think it has to do with just that women tend to volunteer more. Um, I think it just has to do with that. And I think um, that sometimes uh it's a time thing uh, that men may not think that they have the time and that really volunteering it's, it's four hours a month. And um, you know, we offer a, a variety of different ways to get involved. So it isn't such a big unknown step <laughs> to take or a scary step. Um, and so I, and I, I think it's just, you know, the, the nerves around what do I say? What do I do? And women are just more comfortable with that, I think, um, in some ways. And I, I hate to be like stereotypical, but, uh, you know, that plays into some of why I think that happens, to be honest. And, um, you know, men, it's a big step. And they're like, well, why? You know, I don't want people to look at me because I, you know, I'm hanging out with somebody that's not related to me. Um, but that's like the biggest need you, we right. need people. Um, you know, that's like the greatest thing about big brothers, big sisters mission is that we actually put, you know, when you think about the mentors in your life, we actually put that person in a child's life. They, that wasn't there before. And so we want it to be a positive impact. It has a great impact. That's, you know, why I've gotten into it because I feel like it makes the biggest impact is having a strong, uh, positive adult role model in your life. It, 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 I think it can make or break you. And, uh, so it's critical, I think to have more men, you know, help, help out and just yeah. jump in with both feet. <laughs> well, mentoring is so important and I'm sure a lot of the men that are out there listening today, mm -hmm. um, if they're in business or mm -hmm. even, you know, people in education have, mm -hmm. have mentors, people that are sounding boards, um, people with a job opportunity comes along that they talk to about it confidentially. Um, there's just that concept I'm sure resonates with, with men. And I, do hope yes. that they hear your plea um, yeah. to come out and, and become involved because I'm sure that they understand, especially if they had any ounce of success in their lives, that right. and they we, didn't do yeah. it alone. Uh, absolutely. And we have multiple, uh, you know, mentors that have certainly seen that. And, uh, you know, we also have our, uh, our workplace mentoring programs, uh, you know, that have, um, given an opportunity for employees to, to mentor on site. So we actually have kids that go to the workplace. And, um, and, and again, that's just a great way to mentor, you know, have a mentorship and have it, uh, not be so intimidating, right? Is that you kind of meet together as a group and, uh, you share that experience and how great is it to give back um, when, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, that's how you got to where you are is because of mentors in your life. Yeah. Now, if people want to become involved, what's the best way to reach out, especially at this time period? I know um, some offices, if you if you call them, there's nobody there. You get forwarded and and um, online might be a, a great way for people mm -hmm. to be reaching out to right now. Tell us a little bit more about how people can go ahead and either pick up the phone or get on their computer or smartphone and, and contact you. 
Yeah. So if you, the best way is to go to our website, uh, which is www.bbbsnh.org. And we try to make it as easy as possible. You certainly can call as well, but the website is the best place to go because you can look at all the options um, because there's a lot more ways to get involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters aside from being a mentor, which obviously is key. Um, and we could not survive without our awesome um, bigs. Uh, but there's a lot of other ways to get involved too. As a nonprofit, we you know do our own fundraising. Um, we have different things going on. Um, we have a board of directors that you know you can join, um, or if you're interested. Or there's just so many other ways to get involved. So on our website, you can go there, uh, look at the information. You can actually fill out, uh, you know, the initial paperwork right online, and then it gets right into our system. And then you're you're locked into the system. You'll get an email back and to set up some time to meet. And we can do that virtually or we can do that in person. Um, so we've really trying to change and be flexible uh, to meet people where they're at. And so, you know, just the best way to go is on our um our website and then Facebook too is we're very active on Facebook and uh, you can go and like our page and you can actually see, we have, you know, match of match Monday, we have pictures, we have stories and uh, other things that are going on ways to get involved. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Stacy. We really appreciate it. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. On April 1st, Governor Sununu said all K-12 schools must return to full-time in-person learning as of April 19th. Remote options will still be available to those who request it for the rest of the academic year. Thank you for listening to the first podcast in the Community Alliance for Teen Safety's Wellness Connection series. We hope to cover many other aspects of how the pandemic has affected youth, particularly those who are at risk. If you would like to participate in upcoming episodes, please reach out. Contact information can be found at catsnh.org. Once again, my name is Kimberly Hawes. Have a great day.